Welcome to Strengthen, a podcast dedicated to inspiring you to become your strongest self. I am your host, Gabby Barreto, a registered dietitian and personal trainer with the mission of empowering you to become the best version of yourself yet. So let's get stronger together. episode seven of Strengthen. And this past month has been crazy for me. I've spent like some of the past few weekends really just like running around. I got to visit friends. I got to go hiking. I've got to spend time with my family, which is super important to me. Um, And I even got to attend a live certification and I love fitness certifications. Um, They're like super fun for me and I get to totally nerd out. Like when I do a nutrition program online, I get to totally nerd out. Um, But what I really loved about this one, and it was called the Pain-Free Performance Specialist, um, is that I was able to learn a lot about how to help people train safely and not be in pain during training. But what I really loved about this one, and I rarely ever see it, was the lack of talk about weight, weight loss, physique, looking thin, burning fat, and really focusing on training. And the instructor, um, his name is David Ote, was actually really amazing. He brought up like dieting for teens and dieting in general and how horrible of an industry it is. And so it's such a fresh breath of air to see that in this industry and it makes me feel like I'm coming home. I've talked about it often how, you know, I've struggled in this industry and, you know, struggled with body image and struggled with, you know, the constant drive of weight loss and fat burn and this and all that nonsense and being thin and lean in this industry. And it's really hard to do the work that I do and be in this industry at the same time. So it was so nice to see that. It's so rare. And we often hear so much about that fat burn and the leaning out and being thin and how much better it is. And really what I'm all about is respecting ourselves and knowing full well that dieting doesn't work. And the more research I do and the more I look at these studies that I read and really analyze them, the more I really realize they actually bring more harm than good to most people. And that's why this week I'm really gonna talk about five ways that diets are harmful and what you can do about it. I recently got a text message from one of my old clients and she was messaging back and forth with someone about like her new life, um, being really just out of that diet mentality. Um, it's, I'm smiling as I say this just because it's just so beautiful to just be on the other side of like this constant drive and exhaustion and fatigue from just like trying to be something that you may or may not ever be. And You know, what she said to me is I didn't accept myself before I tried this approach and this approach got me to accept myself. And I'm like, wow, how often do we walk around in this world just like not accepting who we are, how we look? I mean, I can even talk about myself today in that I am, you know, I am on my period and maybe that's TMI for most of you, but 
whatever. We just went there. And I am like breaking out. And I always know at this point in my cycle that I break out and et cetera, et cetera. And I look at myself in the mirror and I'm so happy that we're wearing masks nowadays because I can cover up my face. But I'm like, it's totally fine. Like it's totally natural for me to just break out and it's okay. The world is not going to look at me different because I have a pimple on the left side of my cheek and one on my right side of my cheek. Like the world's not going to look at me any less of a person because of that. And if they do, that is not my problem. But really getting to that place of accepting yourself in this whole journey that I take people through and that I am on myself is just, I always say it's like magical because I mean, I had a client today tell me that like, she's like, wow, I woke up and I was hungry and I ate breakfast and I didn't try to intermittent fast. And then I was hungry again and I had a snack. And then I was hungry again and I had lunch. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And for some of us, we might be like, yeah, duh, obviously you're hungry, just eat. But when we're really just bogged down by all of that nonsense that we hear on the internet, on the TV and all of that, it's just so, it's so nice to just like let go of that, even if it's just for a moment. And so with that, I am beginning a support group for women who really are seeking to improve their relationship with food, improve their body image, and overall just kind of get rid of that diet mentality that weighs us down and really prevents us from being our actual best versions of ourselves. And that's really where we want to be in life. We really, the purpose is at least in my mind and in my practice is to really strive to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. And dieting is not the way to get there. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can send me a DM. You can hop onto my website, Nutrition by Gabby. That's G-A-B-B-Y, Gabby. So nutritionbygabby.com and you can hit the link for the support group. And it's really just going to be a, a cool experience to just be around other women who And I say this, all of my clients have the same exact lines, thoughts, actions, behavior. So it's going to be such a cool experience to be surrounded by women who are just like you. Realize that you're not alone and realize that you can heal from this too. So with that said, guys, let's get in five ways that diets are harmful and what to do about it. And... I want to start off by defining what dieting is. So dieting are any attempts in the name of weight loss, and these are different definitions I'm going to read out to you. So any attempts in the name of weight loss, healthy eating or body sculpting that denies your body of essential, well-balanced nutrients and calories it needs to function to its fullest capacity. And really when we're dieting and we're under eating calories, we are not giving ourselves enough nutrients. Um, to function to its fullest capacity. And remember, if we're not functioning at our fullest capacity, how are we going to be our best selves? Now that dieting mindset is, you know, just that overall general dissatisfaction with your natural body shape or size. And I talk a lot about genetics. Genetics play a massive role, bigger role than we think. I know out there, the, you know, diet culture really, really, really blames lifestyle, 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 that is your fault we have to really look at genetics because they play a big role. And the science, in while it's there, there is so much that we do not know. And genetics play a huge role. So if you feel like, well, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying, let's take a step back and look at a genetics. So that dissatisfaction with your natural body shape or size, which leads to decisions to actively change 
your physical body weight or shape. Dieting usually has like, is defined in two broad ways. This is just another um, definition that I found online. The practice of eating food in a regulated fashion to decrease, maintain, or increase body weight. So dieting can also lead to increased body weight. You may think like, why does someone want to gain weight? There are people out there who do. Um, Or restricting oneself to a small amount or special kinds of food in order to lose weight. Now, I do have sources for all of this, which will be in the in the show notes. So just recognize that I have um, sources to all these definitions that I have I am talking about here. And so yo-yo dieting or that yo-yo dieting effect, right? So that weight cycling, and I'm going to talk about weight cycling in just a moment, but that weight cycling, that up and down, the yo-yo dieting where you lose the 20 pounds, gain the 20 pounds, lose the 20 pounds, gain the 30 pounds, lose the 30 pounds, gain... And that whole up and down, which I'm going to talk about the health impacts of that and the research that backs that up. And that term was actually coined by Kelly D. Brownell from Yale University. And there are some serious health, both physical and mental and emotional impacts of yo-yo dieting. So let's start with numero uno, number one of, you know, the five ways diets are harmful. And number one is that diets fail for all but like two to 5% of people. And what does failure actually mean? And it's so interesting because you know that there's actually, did you know that there's actually a national weight control registry? So there is an entire like registry of people that are followed long-term to examine their behaviors and, you know, their quote unquote success or failure rate and, you know, what they do to lose weight. That's how obsessed we are as a culture with weight is that there is an entire national registry like to look at people's weight. But it's really great in the fact that now we have all this data to really look at like to what lengths do people need to go to to lose weight and quote unquote, maintain it. And so the National Registry says that, you know, quote unquote, successful weight loss has been seen in people from anywhere minimum of up to one year. But what that doesn't show is that like, what success is measured in only a year length. So they're saying that some people can find successful weight loss from one year up to 66 years. But we know that there's huge risks to weight cycling. So what happens after that one year mark and how many people make it past that one year mark, there is some research on that. And while many found weight loss to be easy, so some of the studies really show that while some people found that weight loss was kind of quote unquote easy, albeit through unsustainable methods like using shakes and formulas versus eating real food. Some people were meticulously counting calories and portions for really, really long-term periods of time. And now weight loss maintenance is found to be hard. And this is going to be a little alarming. And I am going to talk about numbers of calories. And so I do want to say this with a little bit of a trigger warning that the calories that I'm about to talk about are not something that I would can be considering safe 
or that I would consider to be helpful. Now, there are times where I have prescribed low calorie amounts to people who were eating very, very low calories or people in eating disorders to slowly increase their calorie intake, but I would not recommend this calorie amount to most healthy adults. And so in the National Weight Registry, they found that average women who quote unquote successfully lose weight on average consume 1,306 calories per day. And now I would maybe recommend that to a small child, 1,306 calories a day. And I've thrown 1,300 calories into a, um, into a calorie tracker before. And the amount of food is really, really like sad to me. And the amount of restriction that you need to have. And I just want you to consider this, not only the amount of restriction in terms of your hunger, but in terms of your life, right? In terms of your lifestyle, like someone eating 1,300 calories a day to maintain a weight is not enjoying much out there in life. I mean, that's just my professional opinion because as someone who has been there and has worked with people who have been there, they're really not enjoying much in life. Besides the 1,306 calories per day, as for exercise, 90% of successful losers exercise 60 to 90 minutes every day. Now, most of the people I work with are either mothers or they're mothers and they work either a part-time or a full-time job. And they have multiple responsibilities that will not allow them to spend exorbitant amount of time throughout their week, be it seven to 11 hours a week. I had to do math in my mind, guys. Not that great at that. Seven to 11 hours a week to do high intensity, you know, rigorous exercise. So when we're thinking about like, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, and I want to maintain it. I want you to think of how challenging it is. And really the reason why is because, and I'm not going to get into it too much today, but really like our bodies are kind of made to be at a certain weight and there's different quote unquote set points. So a set point is a range of, you know, weight that your body, it really functions best at. And it's a range. It's not a single number. And that range can change during different life periods, different ages, different, you know, experiences in life. Hello, coming out of a pandemic, like stress, your body is going to hold on to more sometimes during stress. Some people hold on to less during stress. And so when we're talking about weight loss, it really can be really, really hard. And there's so many other factors that go into regulating your weight that is way beyond calories and exercise. We have hormones, we have our gut bacteria, the microbiome. So those are the bacteria that live in your gut. There's so many other things out there that go into it, which I'll talk about another time. But recognize it's not just calories in and out. And when we're looking at 1,306 calories and 60 to 90 minutes of exercise every day, even as someone who works in fitness, I, I don't personally have time for that, nor can my brain function on 1,306 calories. And I will say as someone who is a trainer for a living, high levels of physical activity are very exhausting. And outside of my work, it's very challenging for me 
because I am so highly active to even work out for myself. Um, so that recovery period is really important. And if we're really like going at it 60 to 90 minutes a day, I don't know what much else you have left for life. Um, even being so physically active, my life outside of work is really, really calm just because I put so much energy into training people. And so I find it very, um, alarming that those are the activities that people need to be doing in order to maintain this weight loss. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about, so this is number two, is how dieting can really increase your risk factor for cardiovascular disease. And the big part of dieting is that weight cycling. So going on the diet, losing the weight quickly, and then weight restoration or regaining of the weight can really have some negative impacts on your overall health. And a big reason for this is that dieting and reducing your calories by an amount that is significantly less than what your body needs to function is a big stress on your body. And it actually activates the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, which is that stress response. And girl, we already have enough stress in the world. We don't need no more stress. But studies have shown that fluctuations in food intake and fluctuations in calorie intake have been shown to have significant effects on blood pressure and effects on our heart rate as well. Additionally, those periods of weight regain from weight cycling has been shown to increase blood sugar and blood lipids and may increase above normal values during those periods of weight regain. And the compensation from weight loss is not seen to make any impact in research on those blood levels of, you know, blood glucose, that's your blood sugar, lipids, blood pressure, and heart rate. And it can also lead to, you know, fluctuations in your kidney function as well. And, you know, those changes to your blood pressure, kidney function, weight regain, fluctuations in your blood sugar and lipids can, you know, lead to a lot of those other metabolic or cardiac diseases, um, like cardiovascular disease, kidney disease, and diabetes. And so while we may blame a lot of these diseases on being quote unquote overweight or being, and I'll say the word like being obese, um, it really has been shown that weight cycling does not help that. And there's even some information out there that may say that not losing weight in general may be even more protective to your health than weight cycling itself because of the damage and the stress that it puts on your body. And so another way physically that diets are harmful, so this is number three, is that Dieters often experience physical consequences besides, you know, that increased risk of cardiovascular disease. But when we lose weight and especially when we lose weight, weight rapidly, we lose muscular strength and endurance and we lose overall muscle tissue that is 
super valuable for our overall health. And muscle is important because we need muscle to function. As we get older, and I'm always talking about as we get older and longevity in life, muscle, especially for women with the fluctuations in our hormone, muscle is like precious. It's like diamond for us. We want to hold on to as much of it as possible. And extreme rapid weight loss and weight cycling does not help us with our muscle health and maintaining healthy muscle tissue. Muscle tissue is also metabolically active. So what that means is it does a lot of stuff for our body that let's say some fat tissue and fat cells don't necessarily do. And so if you are concerned about your overall metabolism and health, maintaining muscle tissue is super, super important. Other physical effects of dieting that can also happen can be thinning hair, loss of coordination, dehydration and electrolyte balances. I've seen that a bunch. Um, as well as GI issues, gastrointestinal issues, so bloating, cramping, um, difficulty digesting food, fainting, weakness, slowed heart rate. So we talked about that in in cardiovascular health, just the variations in your heart rates. So we're really, really starting to see, and I've only gone through now three things, I got two more left, on how harmful diets can really be. And so the next one I'm going to talk about is your brain. So we're going to talk about number four is your cognitive health and dieting really impacts your mind. So remember when you're restricting calories, you're restricting energy to your brain and your brain is the most powerful muscle. And I've even read before that, you know, people with lower calorie intakes, your brain, especially when they've looked at people, individuals with um, very restrictive eating disorders, it can impact the size of your brain and it can impact your overall brain function. And I've done a lot of studies and I've read a lot of studies. I'm sorry, I didn't do the studies. I read a lot of studies. I did a lot of research in grad school on rapid weight loss in combat athletes. Um, I studied sports and nutrition and I've written a couple of papers on that, especially looking at combat fighters because they actively purposefully for a sport engage in rapid weight loss in order to make weight for a competition. And a lot of extreme measures can be taken. And a lot of them really mimic some diets that are sold that people pay for. And what has been found in so many studies is that rapid weight loss really, really impacts their cognitive performance, not only physical performance, so ability to fight, but their cognitive performance as well. And when you're in a fight, you need your brain lit up and you need to be focused when you're in a fight. And just for anyone, any humans, athlete or not, you want your brain to be functioning optimally, right? Because we want to be able to become the best versions of ourselves. And so if we're restricting food and we are restricting calories and overall nutrients, and I want to get out of this, um, and I've been talking a lot about calories, but I want to get out of this mindset of just calorie, calorie, calorie. But we also want to look at food as, as nutrients. So if I am not getting the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that my body needs, I'm not getting enough omega-3 fatty acids, which are really important for cognitive health because I'm not eating adequate calories. How do you think your body is going to function? Your body is a series of chemical reactions that uses the nutrients that you get in food to do the damn thing called life. Whether you are going into a ring to fight a boxing match 
or you're just being mom and you're doing carpool and you're picking kids up from school or you're a college student going to school and you're learning or you're just an adult and you're going to work and you're going to do your job. You need your brain to function and being in a calorie deficit that your body does not respond well to is a stress and your brain is going to take the brunt of it. So if you've ever been on a diet and you realize like, oh my gosh, like I can't think, I think one of the big things a lot of people tell me when they like start to like eat more (laughs) coming off their diet is like, wow, like I feel energized. Like I feel like I could do things. I'm like, cool. So we're finally feeding your brain what it needs. Congratulations. Like that's amazing. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I mean it like, congratulations. I'm so proud of you that you are giving yourself what you need. And so I may actually end up having more than five. I may have six, but let's talk about mental and emotional stress. So stress and anxiety around food and weight preoccupies a lot of people's times and dieters actually consume a portion of their working memory. Like dieting itself can impact your working memory and your capacity of your memory. And a lot of studies link chronic dieting with feelings of depression, low self-esteem, and increased rates of stress. Listen, what I tell a lot of, this is a secret, guys. Don't let it out. Don't let anybody know. A big part of healing your relationship with food is healing your relationship with yourself and really looking at what are my anxieties, what is my self-worth, you know, what is... What is my source of self-esteem? Is dieting really an esteemable action? Is restricting my body of things that it needs, valuable resources? Think of food like it's a valuable resource that so many people in this universe do not have adequate access to. So what is it within me that I need to do that to myself. And I spent a lot of time there doing that to myself. And it makes me question like, why am I doing this to myself? And so a big part of this work of healing your relationship with food. And let's go back to the quote that one of my clients had sent me. I didn't accept myself before I tried this approach. This approach got me to accept myself. And that's like deep. Like this is more than food. This is really self-care. Sometimes we think of, you know, losing weight is self-care. I got to take care of myself. I need to lose weight, but nourishing yourself and accepting yourself and loving yourself for who you are is in my opinion, a big part of self-care. And so we need to address those things. You know, we need to address the feelings of depression, the anxiety around food, the fear around food. You know, I remember it increases stress. And increased stress, let's go back to the cardiovascular portion that I was talking about earlier. That impacts your cardiovascular health. And ladies, not to scare you, but heart disease is the leading cause of death for women in America. So while we may think that dieting and losing weight is this grand old like pathway to ultimate health, we got to rethink that. And I am here to really just help you reframe and educate you on 
why getting out of that diet and that weight cycling mentality is really going to serve you better in the long run than chasing weight loss. And so my bonus reason why diets are harmful is it impacts our youth. And to me, these, these, these stories and these statistics are no longer shocking to me. It is no longer a shock and awe and an oh my gosh to me. It's not. I've, um, as a dietitian, I've been working in a, psychi- a psychiatric ward and I've seen patients as young as seven years old with eating disorders. And I've seen patients working in a nursing home as old as 93 years old with continued eating disorders and disordered eating and just disordered thoughts about food and their body. So this affects women of all ages and it affects our youth. I can't even tell you how many stories I've heard. I can't even tell you how much it breaks my heart that there are young girls. Um, you know, some of my clients have really, when we look back at this work and we dig deep, really see that as young as eight, nine, ten years old, they were concerned about their bodies. And so I urge you as women who are role models to young girls to really take a look at ourselves and how we discuss ourselves, how we discuss our bodies, how we talk about food, how we talk to them about their bodies. Because they're going to hear this stuff when they go out there. But the hope is, is that they have a strong role model in their lives, whether you are Aunt Gabby or you are Mama or you are mom's best friend, or you are grandma, or you are a teacher, or you are a dance teacher for them, or you do after school activities, or you are the babysitter. I really, really genuinely urge you. And like, this is a big call to action that we find ourselves to be a voice of positivity for them and help them understand that beyond what they look like, they are beautiful. And no matter what size they are, they are a beautiful human, both inside and out. Because there's nothing more heartbreaking than getting a consult for a seven-year-old who is going on YouTube and looking up ways to restrict and lose weight. And this is wasn't even a girl who was anywhere that you would consider on any chart or scale to be overweight at all. And so I don't even need to read to you the statistics. I don't even need to read to you the studies, but there is dietary restraint. I mean, happening at young ages, there's studies out there that show, you know, that girls are self-reporting weight concerns, body esteem, self-reported dieting, measuring their dietary intake at five, seven, and nine. My niece is five years old. And to me, you know, to look at her at five years old, you're having weight and body concerns when you aren't even, you aren't even grown yet. Um, so this just really indicates that there's, there's evidence that, you know, there is, restraint happening at younger and younger ages. And so I urge you out there and both women and men, because we, we know there are studies that show that, you know, caretakers and parents can be one of the biggest influences on 
these outcomes in our youth and in our young and our young girls. And, and so with that, I urge you to really just take a look at our own one more time. I, I urge you to just take a look at our own inner dialogue around food, our, our vocal dialogue, the things that we say and, you know, evaluate what is my relationship with food Am I causing more harm than good here? Is my purpose to just shrink my body for the rest of my life? Or do I want to have more purpose than that? Because like 10 out of 10 times, people want way more purpose than that. There's just so much out there in, in social media, in real life. We can't forget real life. It's not just social media. I walk down the street almost every day. No matter where I am, I hear something. And so it's happening in social media. It's happening in real life. It's happening when you go into the stores. It's happening everywhere where dieting and weight loss is just pushed on us from so many different angles. So guys, I hope you really got something out of this episode today. This work means the world to me. And it would also mean the world to me if you got something out of this podcast and you're really feeling that you're digging this, okay? You're digging this dialogue that you can go onto Apple iTunes and leave me a review. That would mean so much to me. Thank you guys again. And I'm super excited for next week. We are going to switch gears. We are going to talk a little bit about functional fitness and functional exercise with one of my good friends and someone I really respect in this industry. Her name is Tatiana Lampa. You can find her on training underscore with underscore T if you want to Check out who she is before the episode airs next week. And that is all I have for you guys today. And remember what we're all about. We're all about staying strong physically, mentally, and emotionally. And we are ever on a journey to 